people can hear me. Okay, let's turn in our Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Be reading verses 1 through 6, a passage that may be familiar to you as you start reading it, especially if you have uh, listened to Handel's Messiah. Uh, These are some verses that uh, he uses in that oratorio, but as we get there, but uh, starting at verse 1 of Malachi chapter 3, it says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, with whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, as in former years. And I will come near to you to judgment. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers, and against false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Let's pray. Father, once again we do come to thee, and we thank you for the opportunity that is ours. As we come to this time of hearing the preaching of thy word, I pray that our hearts and minds are attentive, that we have set aside the cares and distractions that our focus through our singing has been brought into focus with you, who you are. You are our God. And Father, as we look at thee and thank you that you are an unchanging God, you change not. And so Father, I pray that as we consider that this morning, may we take great comfort May we be strengthened in our walk with you, with that understanding that you do not waver. You're not changeable. You don't change. And Father, may we go forth better equipped servants of thine. For that soul that may be lost here, may they come to that unchanging God. And come in humble faith, simple faith accepting the finished work of Jesus Christ, who died in their place for their sins. Do the work in each of our hearts that only you can this morning. And may we go forth rejoicing that it has been good to have been in thy house. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we come to our message this morning, we look at our text, really coming down to verse 6, if you will, but getting a little bit of that context of seeing uh, some messianic prophecy that Malachi has. Uh, long before Christ comes, and uh, what his work will do in refining people and cleansing them. Um, Beautiful pictures there of what he is going to do and what he has done for us uh, if we have trusted Christ as our Savior. Uh, What a joy to know that cleansing, to be purified. But I want us to look at that last Verse, as you will, as we were reading, for I am the Lord, I change not. He kind of concludes that section with that understanding. I don't change. What I have stated, I have stated. 
and will live by. And uh, God's unchangeableness is one truth of Him, which is reason enough to trust Him. We've looked at trust some this month as uh, we've worked our way through the month. But I realize, and may we, and uh, I trust we all understand, our lives are full of changes. We've certainly seen that over the last couple of weeks with some unplanned events to take place. They weren't, you know, having a sump pump go wasn't in my plans. Having it re-go again wasn't in my plans either. A lot of things are not in our plans, and our lives change. We don't stay in one place, and I think we all understand that. And I realize I didn't quite understand it when I was much younger, why people could be set in their ways. And typically they were the older generation to me at that time. I'm becoming that older generation, and I'm starting to understand why they are set in their ways. Because I'm starting to get settled in my ways, in the things that we want to do. It's because we've had a lot of life happen, and we've, I trust, have learned from those events so that we know the right things to do, if you will, and go forward. But our lives are full of changes, and we don't like to see changes, especially if our hands aren't in the change. It's, it's okay to change in our way of thinking if I'm the one initiating and doing the changes. But there is so much to our lives that is out of our control that is out of our hands, and that change. The weather changes. It's not in my hands. I'm not the one that calls for it, although I have had, at times, chuckling, yes, tongue-in-cheek. People blame me for the snow in the wintertime because pastor prays for snow, and they're not wanting it, and they look at me and say, well, it's all your fault. It's not my fault that it snowed. Well, you prayed for it. But it's still not my fault that it snowed. I didn't cause it to snow. God did. I can't help it that he answered my prayer and not yours in this case. But, you know, we have those changes and realize that, you know, this world is not static. It's not constant in a sense. As much as we may like it. I mean, we've had some changes this week within our country that have been good changes. Now, there are some that think that they're not, but I consider the fact that we decide that the government is no longer going to say abortion's okay and overturn a wrong ruling as a good thing. Why people can look at the death of an unborn as something good is beyond me. That's basic biology. Now, I realize our biology of late has been turned on its nose, but that's still basic biology. And for our court to finally overturn something that should not have been put in place to begin with is a good thing. Amen. To restore rights to various sections of our country that have been infringed upon their abilities to defend themselves is a good thing. 
So those are changes that we can take heart in. Others are not. They're, I don't know why they're bemoaning. It, the Supreme Court did not stop abortion. Although by some you'd think that all of a sudden they did. By overturning and overruling a previous court's decision. But there were probably abortions done on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and today in this country. It didn't change in a sense, but it did open the doors for things to get back to the right way, I trust. I saw a depiction this week of a map of our country and the likelihood and things concerning abortion, and it looked, it looked nice. I like that coloration of the country being a largely a place where people are understanding abortion is not a good thing. It's not a form of contraception, which is kind of contradictory in itself because conception has already taken place. But I like that seeing that there are many states, most of our states, that are heading in the right direction in that regard and realizing that it is a life. And that life needs to be protected because it is the most vulnerable among us. And there's a lot of other arguments and, and statements to go along with that that uh, will continue, I dare say, to be voiced and debated uh, amongst, our country, amongst our states as legislatures uh, work through various rulings and measures to take. But that's where it needs to be, the voice of the people. And uh, I trust that and look forward to that opportunity to see it go forward in the right direction. But we have these changes. And we see all sorts of other changes taking place. And yet in the midst of all that change, there is God. And he's not changing. He is the same yesterday and today and forever, as the writer of Hebrews reminds us. And this is truly a great cause for comfort to the child of God. Is it not? I mean, isn't it great to know that as we come to God in prayer, as we talk with Him in private and public, as we look at His promises, as we stand on His promises, as we have sung this morning, that promise of salvation hasn't changed for us. The promise of heaven hasn't changed, isn't going to change. Why? Because he's unchanging. It's always the same. His grace, his mercy, his love, his truth, his peace, they don't change. It's always the same. And it certainly becomes a bedrock, a firm foundation for us to live our lives on. Our God changeth not. I need not think if I come to him tomorrow morning, is he going to listen to me? Because, you know, the world's had a hard week this week. Maybe he's not awake this morning for, to talk to me. No, he's there, as he always has been. And as we look at this, I trust that it encourages us because God encourages us to trust him to see various things. I change not. 
Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. That's certainly a, a great blessed promise to them. Because I have granted you salvation, is what he's getting at, because he's just talked about that. And because I've granted salvation, you've not been consumed. Believer, isn't that enough to cause us to rejoice and shout? Thank God I'm not consumed in my sin? Because he did bring redemption. He did bring his son Jesus Christ to be in this world and to appear and to bring cleansing to us. But God encourages us to trust him to see his everlasting strength. We'll work through some verses here as we look at this, kind of fill in the rest of that statement. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 4 says, Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. How many of us get tired after a few days' work, one day's work, a few hours of hard labor? We lose our strength. We have to rest. We have to set aside things. Why? Because we don't have everlasting strength. Our God does. He has everlasting strength. And it is there for us. He encourages us to trust Him to see His goodness. Nahum 1.7, there in our bulletin, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knoweth them that trust in Him. Do we see His goodness? So that we trust Him? See his loving kindness, Psalm 36, verse 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Giving that illustration of a chicken, other birds that may gather their little ones under their wings for safety, security. God does that for us. That is his loving kindness. Why? Because he loves us. Causes us to trust him, does it not? His rich bounty, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, he says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Many of us have watched the various fluctuations within our financial world, whether it be the stock market or the value of gold or the cryptocurrency that is out there. The fluctuations come and go. You may have riches one moment as they speak of cryptocurrency creating millionaires and billionaires overnight. Well, many of those have watched all that money that they had disappear this year as those currencies are way down. Now, they may come back up again, probably will, but millions that they gained a few years ago have all just vanished. Why? Because they are uncertain riches. They come and go. Solomon understood that in the book of Proverbs as well. But we can trust God in His rich bounty. 
His rich bounty is not based on the stock market or the value of cryptocurrency or the value of gold or other precious metals. It is unchanging because he is unchanging. His rich bounty is waiting for us. His care of us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I trust that we take time to stop and consider those things. God does care for us. Things could be so much worse, but they're not. In our reading schedule, we're in the midst of Job. I've never had a section in my life like Job has experienced. And I thank God that I haven't. I don't know that I would have responded like Job. I trust, I would hope that I would, that I've grown and matured enough in God to truly trust Him. Have I had hardships along some of those lines? Yes. I believe I've trusted Him through those times, but never kind of all at once. I've not had... I don't have servants, but I've not had four people come to me one right after another saying, yeah, this is gone, this is gone, this is gone, this is gone. Your whole life is pretty much over with. Your livelihood is gone, your children are gone, all of this is gone. I've not had that. But he does care for us, and he does care for Job. I mean, thankfully, we know the end story. Has God been orchestrating through this in his life? Yes. He's had a purpose and plan for it, yes. And God is still there, unchanging to Job and to us. Trust him because of his deliverances. Psalm 9.10 says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Paul to the Corinthians stated along those same lines in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Who delivereth from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. We seek him, he's not going to run away from us. You know, we may have people that, you know, we seek out and they're, they're hiding they, they don't want to see us. But God's not going to do that to us. He's not going to forsake those that seek Him. We come to Him, He's there for us. He's not going to run away and say, Ha ha, too bad. Better luck next time. You've got to run faster. No, He's there. And we can trust Him for that. Our trust in Him leads us to certain things as well. Not only to see God in these things, but also leads us to, to be compassed about with His mercy. Psalm 32, verse 10 says, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Notice what he said. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. 
He's not saying that we're not going to have sorrows. But he lets us know that his mercy will be there for us. What a joy to know that in those times of sorrows. And we do have them. We do experience them. And as we do, again, underneath are his everlasting wings. His mercy is there. Our trust leads 